0: there is a sort of stimulus cycle as it relates to anything about China. Um, What ends up happening is China's economy underperforms unexpectedly. And then the widespread calls for the government to do something about it, because to most people, most Western observers who don't observe closely enough, they still think this is 2008 or 2009 in China, when in fact, the Chinese have said for many, many years, we don't do stimulus in the same way. But yet, these, these myths persist regardless. So China's economy gets unexpectedly weak, and everybody calls for Beijing to do something about it, and then Beijing, the communist government, does something. But it's always usually, at least in the last several years, it's usually something minimal and then it underwhelms, and inevitably we get more calls for stimulus. The Chinese do something, but it's only minimal. It leads to this short-run temporary euphoria that quickly wears off once once the realization sets in that it doesn't actually accomplish anything. And here we are in the middle of 2023 with reopening having been part of that stimulus cycle, where reopening was actually the stimulus for quite some time, but that that quickly faded to now this widespread realization that things are going wrong in China, which has led to calls for the government to intervene, especially in the property sector, but just intervene somehow, some way to get China back on track. And it's a fool's errand. That includes not just uh, stimulus measures in the real economy through the PBOC or through fiscal spending, which government really doesn't want to do. It also, it also includes limited measures in trying to rescue China's weakened currency and weak currency. There was an article of sorts that was published in Beijing's um, Financial News, which is something that the PBOC uses to report on things that it wants people to know about. And what it said was, recently fluctuations in the RMB exchange rate have aroused market concern. In the first four months of this year, the foreign exchange market was generally stable, and the RMB exchange rate was basically stable at a reasonable and balanced level. So authorities were okay as long as reopening was temporarily boosting uh, the China's yuan against the U.S. dollar. And then they were okay when it was no longer boosting yuan, but it was below seven, 7 yuan to the U.S. dollar. They were okay with that. But more recently, as we've talked about repeatedly on this channel, RMB has gotten even weaker as it continues. However, since mid-May, as the US dollar index fluctuated and strengthened, and here's the important part, and the recovery of the domestic economy was not as good as market expectations, the pressure on the RMB to depreciate has increased. That's our dollar shortage risk aversion causing China to have to pay more to acquire dollars. It doesn't want to pay, nor can it consistently pay at the same rate. So what the Chinese have done recently just to rescue the yuan before getting into what they might be doing in the real economy is very limited efforts. They have, first of all, been engaging with commercial banks to to borrow, especially in swaps, and use the dollar proceeds that they borrow to to sell dollars and buy yuan when actually what they're really doing is supplying or redistributing dollars from the swaps market that the major government banks can borrow at favorable terms and supply those dollars at more reasonable terms in the local currency markets. So that's one way to support China's yuan, which has mixed results, especially in the short run. In the long run, it doesn't really help all that much whatsoever. But that's not the only thing. The Chinese government has also gotten involved in fixing the Yuan because remember, Yuan is a managed float. It doesn't actually float freely. And ever since around June 27th, as we can see here, the Chinese authorities have been moving the parity rate, the midpoint, higher and higher and higher in relation to the market rate, especially the offshore market exchange rate, which is an attempt to talk the Yuan up. By saying that we're going to fix stronger, and if we have to, if the yuan gets weak again, against too weak against our mid our range, our managed float, the PBOC and the government of China will actually step in. But it's again, it's a limited response to a major problem. It's threatening to do something if things get out of control, which is not the same thing as everybody believes about stimulus. So we got more data on China, more results on China today. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships where we go over this reserve currency business, what it is, how it's supposed to work, and why it isn't working the way it is supposed to, or the way that we need it to. We also have research subscriptions available. I contribute a daily briefing that's at marketsinsiderpro.com, as well as I also do a daily deep dive where we go into we go very deep into these topics we talk about here on YouTube and go even further into understanding their dynamics, including China, the Yuan, and especially the Eurodollar money and macro, how all these things, things fit together, but all the information available for you memberships as well as research subscriptions at our website eurodollar.university. So the point of this limited article in the financial news the PBOC putting this out was essentially to reassure market participants don't you dare bet against us. We don't want you shorting the yuan or we don't want the we don't want the yuan to fall further and we're We're going to jawbone as much as possible to get the currency back in the right direction, including fixing the midpoint higher and higher and higher without actually having to do anything other than maybe commercial banks engaging in some clandestine swaps. Here's what it said about the big downside risk here. Even if there is a panic unilateral trend in the RMB exchange rate in the market outlook, a wealth of management tools is enough to calm the quote unquote hurt effect and ensure the smooth operation of the foreign exchange market. So again, sort of like the Fed and Western central banks, they are saying, we don't want the Yuan to go lower, so don't you dare try us. We have all of these tools available to rescue the currency should we ever decide we want to intervene in any serious way. It's a bunch of tactics right straight out of the playbook of Western central banks, because they realize, going back to the first quote I mentioned here, China's economy is in deep trouble. And because it's in deep trouble, that makes dollar providers very risk averse. And as it makes dollar providers risk averse, that makes the Yuan tend to be weaker. Now, of course, they're gonna blame the differential between the Fed's interest rates and what China's doing. The PBOC modestly cutting rates, um, whereas the Fed is supposed to continue hiking rates. But that's not really the issue here. The issue here is what they said before, China's economy not living up to reopening hype, which contributes a whole lot of, at the very least, uncertainty among dollar providers, which I don't think dollar providers are, were that uncertain to begin with. There was never really that much behind the remote reopening trade to, from the very start So the yuan, in many ways, is just going back and reverting to where it was last fall because not much has really changed since last fall. In fact, besides reopening, the limited boost that it provided, China is in much worse shape, as is the rest of the global economy, which actually might help the Chinese down the road if the rest of the world gets even worse than the Chinese are now. But either way, the global economy continues to create all of these massive risks which have to be priced into these markets. That's where the low yuan is coming from. And the Chinese don't want to do all that much to rescue it. They're willing to at least attempt these minor measures to attempt to, to placate and play upon sentiment more than anything in order to perhaps stabilize the RMB or CNY on any short-run basis. The the reason they don't want to get too involved goes back to what I said a couple days ago when we talked about China's highly deflationary PPI. Again, it goes back to Uncle He or Liu He and the series of of interviews that he gave and then were published in the state council paper, the, the, the People's Daily in 2015 and 2016, I'll read the quote again because it's that important. To we need to we need to keep this in mind when we're talking about what China and Chinese government's doing. Even if the economy is experiencing a significant downturn like it is now, social employment can remain stable. However, the issue of leverage is different. High leverage will inevitably bring high risks, including to the currency. Poor control over leverage will lead to a systemic financial crisis and negative economic growth. Even causing ordinary people to lose their savings and therefore lose their minds, and Xi Jinping's government to lose its grip on authority. This will be disastrous, Uncle he said. So as China's economy is reopening, continues to disappoint, that's the view from the China's government. It has more than disappointed. That's the view from China from the marketplace the euro dollar marketplace, and not just in terms of China's currency. But as we all recognize that reopening isn't living up to its billing, the government has decided it needs to do something. And that gets us into the stimulus cycle that I talked about at the introduction. China disappoints and Beijing realizes they need to do something. Now, this is consistent with what I call managed decline, which is the idea that China's authorities have going way, way back, past the 19th Party Congress of 2017, which says We're no longer going to stimulate the economy to try to get us back to the same growth paradigm that we had before 2008. Instead, we're only ever going to do targeted measures to limit the downside risks because our biggest fear, as Lou He or Uncle He pointed out in 2016, is a financial catastrophe that gets out, that spirals out of control and becomes something like Japan in 1989 and 1990. So it's only ever modest, targeted measures aimed at limiting the downside. And that's exactly what the Chinese announced just yesterday. Sort of announced. They hinted at extended, extending some of the accommodations that they had, they, had, they had issued back in November, where they softened their red lines. The biggest problem that China has starts with its property sector. And the property sector is still inconsistent with Xi Jinping thought, which is, again, more afraid of Japan 1989 than it is of you know, falling economic growth because they no longer prior to prioritize economic growth, realizing the global economy is in a vastly different state than it was before. But they still have this massive property bubble, which they're trying to manage its decline slowly and incrementally. And back in August of 2020, the government announced these three red lines, which basically said property developers, they can't just take on as much debt as they want. They can't just speculate all over China building ghost city after ghost city. They have to adhere to minimal standards when it comes to things like debt to equity, as well as um, debt to cash and debt to assets. Those are the three red lines, basically limiting property developers' ability to fund in debt markets, to be speculative. And the government reasoned they would be fine doing this without kind of cutting them off from credit because property sales would continue to be relatively decent, if not robust. But as we know, over the last year, property sales have fallen off too, which means that property developers have fewer sales. They don't have the ability to access credit markets, especially as asset values are going down. One of the key red lines means they have even less debt. So not only do they have fewer sales coming in, no no ability to borrow in markets, they haven't been able to finish projects. They haven't been able to obviously pay off debt and interest payments, which has caused the rash of defaults, a whole bunch of stuff. And so the Chinese government last November said, we're going to relax our restrictions a little bit, allow these property developers a little bit of room in order to work out and get everything in shape. We're not going to let them go back to the way it was. We're not going to let them go back to the way, you know, the, the real estate stimulus over everything else uh, operation that, that that dominated China up until around 2011, 2012. They're not going to go that far, but they do want to give some some accommodation to make sure the property sector doesn't go too far out of control on the downside. It's less stimulus than it is relaxation, relaxation of some of these harsh monetary controls. And so what they announced yesterday, this is a notice of the People's Bank of China and the State Administration of Financial Supervision, extending the deadline of relevant policies for financial support what they said was, and I'll read from the English translation translation of the press release. First, for the stock funding, such as development loans and trust loans for real estate companies on the premise of ensuring the security of creditors' rights, encourage financial institutions and real estate companies to negotiate independently based on commercial principles and actively support them by extending stock loans and adjusting repayment agreements. Facilitate project completion and delivery. For those due before December 31st, 2024, an extension of one year beyond the original regulations may be allowed, and the loan classification may not be adjusted, and the loan classification submitted to the credit investigation system shall be consistent with them. Essentially, they gave a lot of these riskier developers a limited period of time to get in compliance with the red lines, which caused these developers all sorts of cash problems. What they're saying is, what they said last November is, we'll relax some of those red lines, some of those transition period demands to around now. And as we get to now and China's economy isn't picking up and the property market isn't picking up, they're making another accommodation which says developers will be able to become in, in compliance, we'll give them an extra year to do so. And they're also, uh, they're also telling banks in China to be more agreeable and to work out repayment schedules and work out liquidity facilities with some of these developers so that at the very least they can finish some of these unfinished projects they haven't been able to get involved with. So hardly stimulus. It's really about getting China away from these massive downside risks that are becoming more and more priced into things other than just CNY against the U.S. dollar. So as they relax the red lines and as they get into some of the more targeted measures, what we've seen in the latest uh, data from the Chinese uh, PBOC's financial statistics report on credit and lending, total loans, which includes foreign currency loans, which continue to fall despite uh, the rebound in the currency, at least uh, from last year into this year. Foreign currency loans continue to decline at a a serious rate, which means Total loans rose just 10.4% year over year in the month of June which is that ties to the lowest in 20 years the lowest rate of growth in 20 years. So lending is not all that robust as we know. RMB loans alone which don't don't account don't count these foreign currency loans that was up 11.3% year over year. That's only a little bit above the 20 year low set last April and August of 10.9%. So total loans continue to rise at a relatively tepid rate, which is leaving China's economy in the state, causing uncertainty, causing risk aversion, causing China's yuan to go down, to which the government isn't really willing to do all that much about it. The same is true of the property sector. The property sector is at root of both Xi Jinping thought as well as China's recent economic struggles. It's not all about the property sector, but that's a big part of why, especially consumer spending, has continually been weak. So the Chinese are trying to manage the downside, which is not the same as stimulate. And they've been doing the same measure, these targeted measures in the property sector since last November, and obviously they haven't worked because that's not the point here. China's government is not trying to stimulate, they're managing the decline, which at the very least requires you to realize it is a decline in the first place. And in the context of a global recession, a global deflationary recession, China's continued decline, failed reopening, contributes only more downside to that deflationary process, which is synchronized anyways. we went over before. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, and of course, our Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.